Good evening, and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we're back at you again, as always. Uh, I am Illegal86, and I am joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber. Hey, everybody. And Tactic One. Hey, yo. He's back. Uh, so we're, we're back. We got some, some stuff to talk at you about. Uh, we'll start off in our usual way, but before we do that, it's, it's come to my attention that there are people that are actually listening to this. Um, yeah, which so I didn't know. I was checking the stats from our last episode, and I will say there was a big thing that happened. We finally got listed on Spotify after the last episode, and we jumped up. We now have over 840 total listens to our podcast, and I think that's pretty impressive. That's, I'm happy about it. you know, it's just shy of a thousand. And what, what I want to clarify and, and you know, why I'm bringing this up to the listeners, the 840 of you, I guess. Uh, if you're listening and you are not a, a Russian bot, or I guess more generally a bot, I don't want to discriminate against Russians, uh, you know, hit, hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the social meds so that, so that we know that you're a real person and not a robot. Unless you're a robot who's actually listening consciously to us. In and which that's case, pretty sweet. Yeah, I, we want to hear more. We'd like to have you on the show. I will um, say, this also kind of marks our 30th episode, which puts us into season three, because the last few, we've kind of chunked into seasons, and each season has had 10 episodes, so that means we've been doing this for 30 episodes. No. Yes? 20 episodes. We, we've been doing this for episodes. To that I say, domoro gato, Mr. Roboto. So, uh, yes, domoro gato. <laughs> Uh, first of all, let's not gloss over that. But but, so what you just heard is we just entered season three, and you found out about that the same time that I did. I had no idea this was season three. We, we did it. We got renewed. The network renewed us for another season. Uh, now we have to create ten more episodes worth of plot twists and maybe killing characters off. I don't know what's gonna happen. No. Um, I mean, and I guess. Again, hit us up on social media. Now that we actually have people listening to us, if there's anything you want to see us change as we head into season three, let us know. Otherwise, we're just going to keep doing our thing. Let us know who your least favorite character is. Ooh, yes. Do and that. And what you would like your story arc to, to be for season three so we can make them better. I could be Batman. Tactic one could be Batman. I mean, if we hear enough on the social media... We will make him be Batman for, for 10 episodes worth of, of podcasts. And that's going to be really hard for him to do. So I, I hope to hear from someone. Um, but, but let's, you know, let's get it rolling here. Uh, happy to have you here. Let, let's, let's break it out with our usual, what are you up to Wednesday? We'll take it over to the Nerd Bomber. Uh, so let's see. What have I been up to? Uh, I've been reading a lot of books. Uh, but one of the main things that I've been up to is we started watching the Netflix original series Glow. And I've kind of been hesitant to watch it. I don't know why. I'm not really into wrestling. I'm not a big wrestling fan. Um, but we did finish up a binge watch of Community a couple weeks ago, and we were looking for a new show. We kind of fell into a show hole, couldn't find anything worthwhile. And so we were just like, you know what? Let's see what other characters or what the actors from Community have been in. And Allison Brie actually is one of the star characters in Glow, which is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling and it takes place in the 80s and it basically follows a group of women and a director trying to put together a women's wrestling show and 
it's actually really entertaining. There's a lot of drama. It's really funny. The, I think we just blew through the first season in probably like three days. It's super good. And if you're anything like me and Allison Bree is your celebrity crush, uh, season one, episode one, you'll, you won't be disappointed. Is there... Uh, Tasteful nudity. Tasteful. Partial nudity. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. Um, incidentally, you know, so first of all, I have there is a, a certain person in my life, specifically my sister-in-law, who has been trying to get me to watch this show for I don't know a year now. Ariel, if you're out there, uh, I might never watch it. Still, are you? She's serious? been trying to get. She's it's been trying so to get good. me. You ever have this thing where someone's like, "Hey, do this thing, and it's really good, and you should watch it," and then just because of that, you don't do it. I like, know that's it, your thing because I can't tell you, yeah. listeners. Yeah. There are so many things, whether it's a TV show or a video game or a book, and I'm like, illegal, you just have to watch, read, listen to this. And then he just doesn't. At the very least, watch season one, episode one. <laughs> I, okay, so yes, I will own that I'm I'm guilty of this phenomenon. Um, this is not the first thing that my sister-in-law has recommended to me that I have just for unknown reasons vehemently refused to watch. Uh, another one is Westworld which she's like, you have to watch Westworld. And I was like, well, I guess I'm never watching Westworld. I don't know. It's a weird thing to explain, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll watch it now, now that there's more people recommending it to me. I have heard it's great. It just got renewed for a third season. I saw that. Uh, We were actually, so we didn't know that it had gotten renewed. And I think it got renewed yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, my facts. That is when my sister really said, P-S-S-T, and then... It just got renewed for season three. You should watch it. We were super so. pumped to find that out. We haven't even finished. Like We have one episode left in season one. We have all of season two left to go, but I'm still like praising this show. Because season two could be crap, but so far season one has been really, 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 really good. Especially episode one. So oh give me goodness. a breakdown here. Uh, yeah, episode one, award-winning, it sounds like. Uh, I can't imagine why, but... How many episodes per season and how many? How long is each episode? What's my time commitment here? Because that's a critical, critical consideration when it comes to me watching a new show. Okay, so each season has 10 episodes and each episode is anywhere from 32 to 36 minutes. So not a full hour, but just a little bit longer than your normal half hour show. And it feels like they fly by, like way quicker than any other show. There's no like drawn out scenes or or pointless acts that are added as fluff material that just it flows very quickly like it's honestly it's one of those shows too where there are so many good characters that i'm interested in and it focuses a lot on the main characters as it should but i almost wish that the episodes were a little bit longer or that there were more of them because i feel like there are so many other stories that they could touch on because the characters in the show are just really really good Last question, and then we can move on. Uh, it sounds like it's really digestible, which is good. Um, how much is wrestling and or ladies of wrestling, how much is that a factor in the show? Because like, one of my favorite shows ever, Guilty Pleasure Show, Friday Night Lights, which is no longer on, sad, but it was a great show. And that show so quickly became... I started watching it because I was like, I like football. But then very quickly, football became like... A total non-factor and that was good I, I should be clear that was good it was just like that was the pretense for the show and then they're like well now that we've developed the characters we can take that away and it's still a show 
So, so like, that's my question. At least in the first season, the wrestling is the background and the setting of the show. Basically, these are all women actors who are kind of like misfits in the acting world, and they their agents have suggested they go try out for some unknown mystery role. So they all show up, they don't know what they're getting into, and they all have to learn how to wrestle and how to work with one another and how to find their character. So, like, wrestling is definitely a big part of it. It's like the backdrop of the show. But I would argue that each character's internal struggles and their personalities and the drama and the comedy and just the relationships between all of the characters are what really is important in the show. But you do see the wrestling. Oh, yeah, you do. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to take this information and absorb it into myself and meditate and, and see what comes back. I promise nothing. As usual. As usual. I make no promises. Yeah, um, I, would, I, I would say don't watch it. Well, as season one, episode one. He's trying to do like reverse psychology on you. Is it working? Uh, I mean, is it not uh, working? <laughs> well, now I'm just confused. So, yes. Uh, all, right, all right. So, w- what have you guys been up to? Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, I've, you know, uh, classes are starting up again. I'm still in college after, oh, what's it? A hundred thousand years. Uh, so all the students are starting to come back to my little college town and flooding it with their youth and their vigor. Disgusting. And I just hate it. It's, it's horrible. Uh, if you're out there and you're on my campus, even though you don't know what the campus is, go home. I don't want you here. Uh, I, I'd, I'd like to be alone. Um, other than that, oh man, there was something I very specifically wanted to mention. Oh yes, started watching a new show that's on actual television. This is not Ooh. like it's already off the air. It's like it's currently, I'm watching it on Hulu as it comes out, like week to week, which for me is crazy. Uh, it's called Making It, which is Nick Offerman no and spoilers. Amy Poehler. No spoilers. Um, but it's like, a, I mean, it's a reality show. So like they get a bunch of people who are like really crafty and handy and like woodworkers and like paper artists, which is a thing, uh, like paper crafters and like, uh, people who are good with like, I don't know, like yarn and stuff. And they get them in a room and they're like, here's this project. You have like three hours to do it, make this thing. And it's, it's phenomenal. So it's kind of like the great British baking show, but with crafts. And two yes. hosts that I really enjoy. Yes. Nick I Offerman Nick. specific they're both great, but Nick Offerman specifically, they put him in front of the camera and they're like, It just be you, man. Because Nick Offerman is like a really handy guy. Like mm-hmm. he he shows off stuff that he's made on the show. Like he made a whole canoe and like it's the whole thing. But then they just kinda like go around and talk to people about what they're making and it's it's really interesting. It's a good way to spend like you know, 45 minutes, I guess, is what the runtime probably boils down to. I don't actually know, though. I aspire to be Nick Offerman when I get older. Mustache-wise or just in general? In general. Plus, he has thick, luscious hair. Mustache is amazing. He could do anything with his hands, which I've got a What You Doing Wednesday for you. Please. So I've recently started the project of making um, my own cornhole set. And I should explain corn what cornhole is because it sounds graphic. For those of you who don't know, it's a game where you toss a beanbag across 
uh, a predetermined distance and try to get it into a hole on a board that's tilted at a 20-ish degree incline. Some people also call it bags. I, I, I bring this up because in the town that I live in, I say cornhole and people are like, what are you, what are you talking about? Most people call it bags, I think. But if from where, from well, our neck see, of the woods, where we're from. That's actually incorrect because apparently um, the regulation, there's a cornhole league. So it's not actually called bags. So you can correct them. You can go look this up. And I don't like Oh, to, I do. It, I but like them. the reason why it's called cornhole is because the bean bags actually by regulation are supposed to be filled with actual dried corn. And I was looking this up and I was investigating what different type of bag to get. And we don't have regulation bags because I don't want, like, mice to eat them. But if you have, like, the plastic pellets that actually is grounds for disqualification in a tournament, it has to be corn because the corn has to get in the hole. Hence why it's called cornhole. See, I thought it was, like, there's something that you have to put corn through a hole at some point, like, in the corn production process. And then they one day were like, let's take this board and make a game out of it. I thought that's why they call it Corno. I learned something today. So anyway, I've decided that this is what, what I'm going to do for all the Christmas presents, and I'm going to figure out how to mass produce them. Spoiler alert. Well, by mass produce them, you mean lovingly handcraft each and every set. Nope, I'm going to make jigs and tooling to do them quickly and efficiently and accurately. But they'll still be lovingly handcrafted and not machine automated. Yes. Boom. Your hand, your hands will be involved in the making of these boards. I'll touch them at some point. Yeah, at multiple points. There will be contact. I feel like you just spoiled. I mean, I don't know if you were going to get me a Christmas gift, but now I feel like I have a sense of what it is. Congratulations, you're getting cornhole. Cornhole. I mean, now I have nothing to look forward to in the holiday. I mean, cornhole is great, but I there, there's no mystique, there's no surprise. It's just hey, you don't know. Your, you don't know what kind of image or pattern or paint job this Or if any. Have. Yeah. It will have no paint. I mean, it may not have any paint job. <laughs> It'll just be natural wood. That would be a surprise. I don't like painting. I will say, so for this cornhole set that he is currently making, we're doing a Bills versus Jets AFC type theme. If you remember a few years ago on national television, the Bills and the Jets had their, uh, what's it called? Color break? Color, color rush. Color rush. So that is basically what we're doing with these cornhole sets. One will be green for the Jets, and one will be red for the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Go Jets. Go Bills. I agree to disagree. How's that? All right. Yeah, let's not do this on the air. Um, But yeah, so that sounds pretty cool. So how long is that going to take you? How much is it going to cost you are the two questions I have. Well, one set will cost me approximately, if I don't make any mistakes, and I've already made mistakes, uh, 50 bucks. Mm. And if you actually look up how much a cornhole set costs, a good quality cornhole set is usually around 150 to $200. You can get them cheaper, but they're usually like particle board that crack after a while. We got my dad a, a cornhole for Father's Day that was made out of like laminate. Shout out to my dad. We got you a terrible gift. Because it basically disintegrated after like three uses. Yep. Yeah, that's what we were trying to avoid. We've already learned Sorry, the Dad. importance of certain uh, how, certain plywood thicknesses. We originally got four ply, and that warped instantly. So now we're doing six ply. Oh, I thought you meant you like you put it down and like threw a beanbag at it and it like snapped in half. 
No. No, just, just left it outside overnight, and then it warped. It was totally, like, wavy. Yeah, see, that's no good. Wavy, dude. Well, for the engineers out there, there was a sine wave up in that bisnitch. That, I mean, also mathematicians. Don't that's just true. make it an engineer thing. And physicist, really any STEM. Yeah. To everyone else, sorry. Well, to I the mean, robots, you know what we're talking about. Anybody who took high school math probably knows what a sine wave is. If you don't, uh, go look pause. it up. Yeah, pause it and Google it because we're probably going to be talking about sine waves a lot, I imagine. Just All guessing. Right. Okay. Uh, well, it seems like we're, we're, we're up to date. I now know what you guys have been doing, which is good. I could write it in my diary later on. Uh, so now let's, let's get on to the roundtable roundup. And we're going to talk about a few things today. The first of which that I wanted to talk about, it, it, it's kind of been around for a while, but it's getting buzzier and buzzier, is the concept of cloud gaming. We all know about the cloud. Uh, you know, the cloud's this, this great technological thing. No one understands it. People shake their fists at it. That's where they keep Space Force. That's where the Space Force currently is uh, housed, yes. But what I'm learning after reading an article instead of just a headline, is that you can basically stream games to your, in most cases, your mobile phone that are in actuality running on some high-powered computer somewhere. It's, it's kind of like Netflix. There's an off-site computer that's taking care of all the, the high-powered business. So you can run 4K resolution stuff, 60 frames per second. You run these games that normally would you know, require PCs that cost thousands of dollars to run, but you're running it on your smartphone if you have this subscription service. Um, which, you know, we say all the time on this show that like, oh, this is the future kind of thing. Um, I don't know that it is, but uh, it's recently made news because Google's getting involved, apparently, which usually means it's the future. So, I don't know. Do you guys have any experiences with this? Because apparently there have already been a few... So, cloud services that have launched and failed. I know, um, I'm pretty sure Gamefly, I used to be a subscriber of Gamefly for a little bit. And when, I want to say I was towards the tail end of my subscription for the physical game rental, um, they gave me like a month-long trial of their new streaming service, which is now defunct. They completely dismantled the project. And the theory was, again, that you would be able to just instantly stream any game that you wanted which was interesting but we had really bad internet connection in the apartment that we lived in when this was happening and it was impossible like i would boot a game up and it it just stuttered and it was just really awful it was not a great gaming experience and i want to say playstation also has a streaming service similar to that they do it's it's called playstation now and, and that's that's already around but it's typically older games um i i think at one point i did it for like a ps2 game or something just to kind of try it out um xbox i think also kind of has some skin in this game and that they talk they've talked a lot about like like crackdown 3 is the one that i remember that's always talked about is like oh crackdown 3 is going to have all these destructible environments it's going to be super high powered computing but it's all going to be done by the cloud well, People that's a little cloud. bit different because that won't be like an on-demand streaming service. That's just utilizing the data processing power of the cloud to constantly produce a new experience. So me personally, I call me old-fashioned, but I like to be able to sometimes 
be totally disconnected from the internet, pop a game in, and play just the story mode. Yeah. I I don't want to have constant connectivity all the time. And, and the fact that that's where technology is going, I understand it, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to cut the cord. I would say most of the time that I'm on my PlayStation, I have my, like, uh, you can set, like, a pure offline. And I do that all the time because I don't, I don't want people knowing what I'm, what I'm doing. I, I, I want most of the time when I turn on a video game, I'm like I want to play this story mode thing or like maybe play some online matches. But usually I want to play story mode and I want to be isolated in the experience. So you know, I guess I can't really say how much a cloud service like this would affect that. But what I am curious about is like, let's say you're playing PUBG. Mm-hmm. And you're like really serious about it, right? I know it's all happening on the cloud, but isn't you got you got to beam a signal from the cloud to your computer or I guess your smartphone if we want to get technical? That takes time, right? And then there's like ping involved and like there's lag issues. Like, am I am I not understanding something about this? Like. So is it just going to be a casual experience, or if you want to like hardcore game, is this something that you're going to be able to so use? So, are you alluding to the fact that you're, if you're gaming off the cloud relative to other players who aren't, that you're going to have latency issues and you're going to be outperformed by them? That's what I would guess. I think that has been a major concern, and from what I remember, I was reading something when Xbox first announced Game Pass. Um, which is their somewhat on-demand service. Basically, you pay $9.99 a month and you get unlimited access to a set amount of games. But instead of having you play online always, you just download the game, and as long as you have Game Pass, you can continue to play it. Like, you just own the license for as long as you have Game Pass instead of streaming it. And I think that was a primary reason for why they did that was because there were a lot of concerns about, hey, if you have this game on the cloud, like... You can't be competitive because there will always be a little bit of lag. And especially with games like Call of Duty, I mean, that's even been an argument for why console gamers don't want mouse and keyboard cross compatibility because even that like thousandth of a second that you get faster using a mouse and a keyboard, like it's such a competitive game that it will make a difference if you're that right. good. For me, it doesn't make a difference, but for a lot of people, it could. So that, I think, is going to be one of the biggest hurdles of cloud gaming being successful. But I think for, like, casual gaming, it could be really good. Yeah. I mean, I mean maybe I'm just not understanding who they're targeting. They're, they're not targeting everybody. They're just targeting, you know, people who want to play, like, I don't know, Minecraft or something. I, I mean, shouldn't talk about mine. I've never played Minecraft. I don't know what that's all about. But they, it seems they, pretty casual. They could program in latencies such that all players are in the on the same playing field or have exclusive game rooms for cloud players and exclusive game rooms for non-cloud players. There's there's ways that they can accommodate uh, this, but at the end of the day, now, now you've got all these different servers that you're hosting, and my favorite quote, uh, is the juice worth the squeeze here? <laughs> I Yeah, I mean, of the two ideas you just said, I can't imagine any gamer being okay with having latency applied to them. So I think the second of those options is better, where you have cloud players in, in one room and you have non-cloud players in another room. But yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. Is, is 
first of all, how is this going to be financially feasible? I mean, if if Google's interested in it, there must be a way. But I have infinite faith in Google. But like, oh, and I don't, I don't know, know it, if the financial aspect is really that big of a hurdle. So I think a lot of what cloud-based gaming will help is the single-player games, because I mean. If you're in the Sony ecosystem, that really hasn't been an issue. They keep pumping out amazing first-player games. Um, but I know for, like, Xbox and even, like, PC games, there are starting to become very few, um, like, AAA story-oriented games because let's take Quantum Break, for example. The game came out, it was $60, and people were really upset that it was a 10-hour game and they didn't feel like it was worth the money. So now you put something like that on, like, a Game Pass or a subscription cloud-based service, and people aren't necessarily paying that $60 up front, but maybe that game now has more longevity because people who wouldn't have played it before now are going to try it because it's on this cloud pass, and you're going to get licensing kickbacks every time someone plays that game. So I think that would help single-player games a lot. So I think from an economic standpoint, it kind of makes sense. I mean, as as a gamer, I certainly understand it. I mean, I would, I would certainly pay you know something on the order of a Netflix cost per month to, to be able to do this. But the the, the question then becomes: first of all, in order for it to be financially feasible, you need to establish a big enough customer base quickly enough. I hate to bring up Movie Pass again because we bring it up every single episode. But one of their reasons for their imminent failure is that they didn't get a big enough client base quickly enough. So you have all this massive uh, upfront capital cost of building these huge servers and getting people to, you know, maintain them and everything. And I don't know. I guess all I'm saying is it's going to take careful planning by people who are a lot smarter than I am. But it'll definitely it'll have some challenges. But I think eventually that is the future of gaming. Like it's going to happen. I agree with that. I mean, yeah. So so full transparency. Apparently. There was a on a cloud gaming service called OnLive, which if you've never heard of it, that's because it sucked. Uh, it got it didn't quite get out the ground. It ended up forty million dollars in debt, and then Sony bought it and shuttered it. Which I don't know why you would buy something just to shutter it. But anyways, um, the business model has kind of I think it's it's gone through a little bit of an evolution, and and hopefully it'll be around soon. Nvidia is currently uh, field testing something called GeForce Now, which um, yeah, it's in beta. There's a company called Blade. I've never heard of them, but they have something called Shadow, which uh, they've recently launched, uh, which it's a similar service. So, yeah, I mean, this this might be becoming very commonplace within the next few months or the next few years. And uh, as gamers, it's something for us to monitor with great interest. Well, I mean, even you look at the technical capabilities that you need to run games, and if you can tap into the power of the cloud, you can run 4K games without having a 4K machine, which to me, that's a big advantage because- Oh yeah, it's huge. The amount of money that you'd have to spend on a 4K machine, if you can pick up, say, a $200 Chromebook or something like that and stream these games and get that 4K fidelity, man, you're talking a whole new world. It would definitely be huge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've never done a PC build myself, but I know that if you want to do it all the way, it's going to cost you at least a thousand dollars. So that's, I mean, that's really the primary draw of it, right? Is people want to play games in, in a certain definition and 
with certain computing power and they don't want to have to pay the huge upfront cost. So yeah, it, it's it's definitely a good idea. It's just a matter of of fine tuning it. the The title of this article that I read, by the way, is "New Technology Could Upend the Video Game Market." I think the video game market could do with some upending. I'm throwing that out there. Yes. I I mean, you, what you said about Quantum Break, I think rings true for a lot of games. Is like, man, sixty dollars. I I mean, I haven't played paid sixty dollars for a game in quite a while, but it's ridiculous and it makes no sense either right the cost of a disc the cost of them to burn it yeah there's labor hours developing and it's and they have to earn their profits back but they're profiting they're i mean now you're getting into a different conversation though it's pretty much what is the value of this art slash entertainment form because if you think about it so you're griping over 60 dollars for a 10 hour game experience think about how much money you pay for a one and a half hour movie ticket I mean, right. you do the math, and it ends up being a pretty good value, especially when you get into some of these That's games fair. that are like 40-plus hours. And I mean, the value of a game is really dependent on what your personal values are. And I don't necessarily think the $60 price tag is that high. I mean, if you look at the price of games in general, that $60 price tag has more or less been stagnant since the 90s. Forever. Like, yeah, There I hasn't been much inflation. Different. And the only thing that's different now is that we expect more from our games because there's that online component where it can last longer. But if you took me back to my old PlayStation 2 when I was a kid, I gladly dropped $60 when I wanted that new Kingdom Hearts sequel or the new Jack and Daxter or something like that. Like, I dropped it without even thinking about it. So I don't well, think the we... price tag is really that bad. That's fair. And now we expect, like the most ridiculous graphics ever mm -hmm. whereas like yeah like when i was a kid when i was like i probably like eight or nine my dad well i would have had to have been seven because that's the way math works my dad bought us madden 99 for nintendo 64 and it probably cost him like you know 50 60 bucks and if you play that game it's like two pixels running at a brown pixel yep so like yeah we, we, we've come a long way I guess I shouldn't throw too much shade at the video game market, but this would also be an exciting shakeup. Speaking of exciting shakeups, let's talk about Tinder, where stuff is shaking up all the time. I mean, that whole place is shaking. Uh, Tinder just announced today, in fact, uh, August 21st is when we're recording this. They officially announced today that they're launching a service called Tinder U. You uh, being just the letter U, not not Tinder Y O U. That would be confusing. Uh, it's basically Tinder University, and it's a version of Tinder that's only available to college students. My first question is, where has this been? Uh, as someone who's used Tinder at a university, you know. So my question know. here, and I'll openly admit, I didn't read the announcement article. My bad. Um, There's not much to it, anyways. Is Tinder U going to be, like, campus-specific? If you guys, this will kind of date me, but Yik Yak was a thing that was probably, like, five years ago. and That's it was still around. Like, no, it's completely defunct. The app is gone. Um, they went under. And basically the premise of that was that as long as you were on a college campus, like, it would use location services to make sure you were there. And then you could swap anonymous rumors and stuff on this wow. app as long as you were on that campus. So, like, is it that kind of thing where it's only, like, if you're on this campus? Or is it, like, any school 
kind of. I, I I can't believe Yik Yak died. Man, I I just googled it while you were talking, and you're right. Yik Yak died last year. R.I.P. Yik Yak. Gone too soon. Um, to answer your question, it's not campus specific, but it's it's just like Tinder, where it's really it's uh it's distance specific. So like you set your radius. And then, so for example, in New York City, there's like a billion colleges, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what it'll do is it, if you're a student at NYU, it'll still show you, uh, you know, profiles from Columbia, but uh, your first profile image will have a watermark on it, basically like the logo of your university. So you'll have an NYU on your profile picture, and then the Columbia person will have a Columbia logo on theirs. So it's still distance related, but mm-hmm. it's it's only available to people who you need an e- a .edu email address. It's just like Facebook was when Facebook started, which, you know, it, it the way this article kind of frames it is it's, it's a money move because, uh, first of all, people apparently pay money to use Tinder, which is crazy to me. Um, but basically the, the idea is the younger they can get people, the more likely they are to eventually spend money. Uh, Tinder Let's usership see. is up. I should also say that. Uh, based on this article but it's the same thing facebook did when they started they got people young they got people who were in college hooked them in and then did a wide opening later on i have lots of questions and Uh, nothing they're more rhetorical questions nothing obviously that you would know the answer to Um, i can give it a shot so first of all how is it any different than just limiting your age range on the original tinder app um boy you really started off with it with a zinger of a question in that before you I answer that can i piggyback off that question please i'm getting all, a lot of red flags from this personally because there's a certain naiveness tied to a college student as opposed to just a random person and with with tinder than that anonymous side of things you don't really know where they're coming from what their background is or anything like that so there's less of a people are probably going to be less attempting to try things whereas with a university student they're going to be like oh a immature college kid let me take advantage of this person but they well, also have to be a college kid exactly the idea, the, and how the do they know is, that do you need a, a, a college you need, email yeah, well, yeah. You need a college email i got one of those i'm not a college kid that's a good point what else i do mean you, need? <laughs> you have to be on the campus i can take a drive I mean, yeah, to log into the feature for the first time, users must have a .edu email address and be geolocated on campus. I mean, I th- the idea is in principle supposed to be, and it literally says this in the article, I should say. This is from The Verge. It says, uh, college kids might want a safe haven from creepy older people, throwing shade at older people. Um, I agree that it raises a fair number of questions. Um, you know, you, you said what's the difference between setting a uh using tinder you and just setting your age range a certain way but there are people who are college age who don't go to college and maybe you're concerned about getting someone who's pursuing a college education maybe that's your your ideal match i don't know um i think that in itself raises a number of questions about how much we value college educations romantically and as a society well i mean that also there's so many things they're basically implying that if you're not also in college, you're not worthy. If you're older than college age, you're not worthy. I mean, I know a fair amount of couples who aren't in the same age range, but they're happily together. So it just seems like you said, like a money gimmick. 
And it also there's implies, a lot of discrimination aspects that you can, just run me it, the wrong way. It also implies, hang on, hang on. Sorry. It also implies, and you just said it yourself, that if it's two .edu users, then they can let their guard down because it's a safer haven. There's a lot of air quotes in those statements. Sure. Uh, Even, first of all, it's worth noting you can toggle between them. So once you sign up for Tinder U, you're not just stuck on Tinder U forever. Um, so do you have to pay for Tinder U? No, you do not have to pay for Tinder U. It's, it's just supposed to be this grabby thing of like, hey, it's a it's a college thing now. Um, here, I'll, but let it, me, it let was me... always a college thing, arguably. The only difference is that now older people have started to encroach upon the college space. I mean, the only time I've ever used Tinder regularly, I was no, I mean, I was still a college student technically, but I was out of undergrad and I had been for a couple of years. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me Let me just read an excerpt from the article that probably won't clarify anything, but maybe it will. Uh, the headline, or rather like the subsection head, headline says, who needs house parties? Which I ask myself all the time. Uh, it's easy to see why Tinder would want to appeal to college students directly. Colloquially, I've heard students already regularly use the app to meet people. So segmenting them off and making it more centrally focused on their campus life makes sense. Tinder's marketing frames the service as ideal for finding a study buddy that's, that's funny, or someone to hang out with on the quad. I mean, that depends strongly on your definition of study buddy and hangout. And quad. <laughs> and quad. Uh, also, if Tinder can build in a, a new dedicated user base of 18-year-olds, it can also start converting them to paid users sooner. So, yeah. I mean, it is definitely a money grab. Um, I, it seems like Tinder's marketing department might not have the best idea of what its app is typically used for. It's certainly not finding a study buddy. Depending on, depending on what you're studying, I guess, maybe. I mean, it but, would be interesting to see if they could somehow add in a friend component of it. Because I know... Bumble has a friend feature. That's what I remember. I think we might have talked about that back on the old Nerd Bomber podcast. That Bumble was introducing a friend feature. And I mean, that definitely is really interesting. Because I mean, we live in a day and age where people move all the time. Like you go to college out of town. And then after college, you're likely getting a job somewhere in a different city that you don't know anyone in. So... Right. I mean, it sounds like they, maybe they are implementing, like, friendship features, too. That could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we might have talked about it on the last podcast because at that time I might have been using it. And, man, when I used it, I was talking about it all the time. Anyone who would listen, I'd be like, let's talk about Bumble because what the heck is that about? I was also I was on one called Coffee Meets Bagel. Couldn't you believe that? They called the did app you, Coffee Meets Bagel. Did, were you the coffee or were you the bagel? I think, okay, so, oh boy. People were bagels. I remember that. People were bagels and you had, the coffee beans were like, kind of like the currency of the app. So like, if you wanted to like, swipe right on someone, quote unquote, you had to pay a certain number of beans. Mm -hmm. And each day you would get a certain number of beans to use. And there was also like bean bonuses of like, oh, if you do this certain thing, we'll give you a bean. I don't know. It, this was a long time ago. I remember I laughed a lot at Coffee Meets Bagel. I never met anyone on Coffee Meets Bagel. I don't think I even got more than a couple of matches on Coffee Meets Bagel. But 
it's just a weird concept. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. Um, Tinder you check it out if you're a college student and you feel like giving Tinder money eventually. Um, and you know, f- find your study buddy. I guess is is the takeaway here. Um, let, let's let's roll onward to our, our our last real item of news here, which I know, Nerd Bomber, you have played until dawn, correct? Yes, I have. Did you finish until dawn? <sighs> no, honest. I did not. Unfortunately. So. I have played through it and finished it, um, and this is related to that. So Supermassive Games, the maker of Until Dawn, I, I guess, uh, just announced today at Gamescom uh, a new horror series anthology called the Dark Pictures Anthology. And it's basically this series of games that are published by Bandai, Bandai Namco um, that are similarly structured, meaning they're kind of like choose-your-own-adventure games. The games are structured in such a way that you make decisions with a cast of characters that you play as all of these characters and the decisions you make and the reactions to these scary situations you're put in will determine who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first game is called Man of Medan, M-E-D-A-N. It's released in 2019. I watched the trailer. It's got the guy from Quantum Break in it who apparently now is only just lending his likeness to video games. <laughs> um, looks really, really cool. No, also was, worth noting that not like Until Dawn, unlike Until Dawn, this is no longer a PS4 exclusive. It's going to be on PC and Xbox One as well. That's one of the things I was really excited to see. Um, Supermassive Games makes really interesting games. Um, they're more like cinematic movie experiences, which I find to be one of my favorite types of games at this point as I'm getting older. Um, and they're always super high quality games. So I think this is a really good move. It's interesting that Sony isn't the one publishing this, that Bandai Namco is. Um, but I'm also happy that it's super now distributed to every console because I primarily do still play on Xbox. And I like my achievements, man. And it's not I, in my basement, so I don't have to be worried and scared at night. I loved Until Dawn. Man, that was, uh, like... It was kind of frustrating because I got through like 80% of the game and all the people were still alive. And then in the last 20 minutes, I killed like five of them, which was kind of frustrating. For people who don't know what Until Dawn is, that's not a spoiler at all. Basically, your choices dictate who stays alive at the end of the game. Yeah. And there's like eight people, I think. It's, It's a classic horror scenario in that there's like eight attractive and slightly stupid teenagers at a cabin in the woods on like a mountain that's like deserted and away from everything and happens to be on like a Native American burial ground and there's also like a mine where a bunch of stuff happened anyways um, it's really fun but you know I I think the idea of creating an anthology series is pretty cool Um, it didn't work for movies they tried to bring back the all the original horror characters in that anthology with Universal, and then they had that horrible mummy movie, and now that's over. So I'm willing to try it again with this. I mean, with Supermassive Games, I'm almost positive that we won't be disappointed. If nothing else, you've got great graphics, an interesting story. Like, to me, it's a win-win. Even if it's not a great game, I'll still have fun with it and be entertained. I will say they have a good track record for scaring the pants off of me. 
um, we got the PlayStation VR a while back, and one of the free games with PlayStation Plus was Until Dawn Rush of Blood, which was basically like you're in a mine car, and it takes you along the tracks, and then scary things pop out at you, and it's terrifying. And it makes you completely nauseous. Yeah, so... But it was it was good, though, because I, I almost... At one point, I almost bought PSVR, and I was like, if I buy this, I'm going to buy that. It's going to be so it, scary. Cool. So I can't really speak to it too much. It was, From what I played of it, it was good. I got about 15 minutes in before I checked out because I was getting semi-nauseous. Basically, there's a big roller coaster part um, right after the, you do all the intro, learn how to shoot stuff. And I did not have my VR legs yet, so I had to tap out. But I know Tactic played it, and he got about, like, probably half... It. He didn't finish it. He got about half hour, and he had to a checkpoint, and then he got scared. And I had to pull so you're, you're no, shooting stuff? Yeah, so you have move controllers, or I guess a dual shock, and you shoot targets and stuff. And get the pants scared off of you. Yes. Yeah, see, that sounds like my kind of party. Um, I will be. I will definitely be playing these. Uh, I don't know if I'll buy them right when they come out because I'm typically a wait a while until the price goes down and then buy games kind of guy. But seems like a potential hit. Well, we look forward to getting your feedback after you play them. Yeah, I'll document all the times that I, you know, pee my pants a little bit and get back to you. Um, that brings us to the end of our roundtable roundup and therefore we are moving on to the moment you've all been waiting for uh which is nerd bomber hosts her first game in like a billion years because she rarely wins these games i was on a really long losing streak um so the way that this game is gonna go is if have you guys seen the prices right of course bob barker r.i.p not just bob barker Bob Barker's not dead, is He's he? not the Bob only Bar- one doing Prices Right. I said die. not just Bob no, Barker. No, Bob Barker retired. He is still alive, thank you very much, from what I can... Okay, he's 94. <laughs> but he's he's still alive. Who's so... doing it now? What's his name? Drew, Drew, Drew Carey. Drew Carey yeah. is the host. Um, Bob Barker is the OG, though. Yeah, he's my man. So the way this game is going to work is I have a series of basically trivia questions that are all numbers-based. They're all different nerd genres. So I'm going to give you uh, a question, like, how many fingers are on your hand? Ooh, I know this five. Okay. Oh, wait, no, do thumbs count? Thumbs totally count. It's okay, five. five. Yeah. Okay, so you would have to guess, either try to get the correct number or as close as you can get to that number without going over. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. And I'm going to keep track of who gets closest each time. And every time we get closest, you get a point. And I would say that it would be like a delta, but these questions are so varied. Some of them are years. Some of them are giant numbers. Some of them are little numbers. So it wouldn't really be fair. Yeah, let's just do points. So we're going to do points. Um, All right. Uh, Tactic, it goes without saying you're going down, but I'll say it anyways. So for the first one, I'm going to start this off with a video game question. Mm. How many dots are on the original Pac-Man board? Oh man, I've heard this. Uh... Hold on, let me think about this. I have a number in my head, I'm just gonna go with it. So can I just say my answer? I don't care if it is tactic, I don't don't care. Uh, I'm gonna say 104. 
I'm gonna go against everything that my price and right price is right gut is telling me. I'm gonna guess eighty two. Okay. So the actual number If we're both over, what happens, by the way? No points. If we're both over, no points. Okay. So the actual number here is two hundred and forty. What? Okay. Oh my god. Alright, I got a point. I got a point. So I Yes. Corey or Illegal gets the first point. You guys were super off. <laughs> we weren't even. Hang on, I'm gonna Google image a Pac-Man board just to see the 200. Well, how many? 240. 240 dots. So I will. I'll disclaimer this. I grabbed these from Sporkle. Oh, hey, it's not accurate. Sporkle's great. All right. Sporkle uh, you is know, accurate. I'm looking at the thing, and I cannot imagine that's 240, but I'm also not going to sit here and count them. So, so just just move on. Okay. Man, so we, we can revisit that at the end. If it's like a tiebreaker thing, we can double check it to make sure. But the answer from Sporkle was 240. I should have followed my prices right, good. Okay. So I'm going to follow this up with yet another video game question. And I have 10 of these, so it'll be the best of 10. Mm-hmm. How many songs were on the original Guitar Hero game? Ooh. No DLC, like how many songs were on the original game? All right, Tactic, you go first this time because I might want to Actually, because of the strategy of Price is Right where you can do plus one, and, get, and the second person, I guess, is obviously has the advantage. So shouldn't we do it if the person who got the one correct previously got it correct? Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'll sure. go first. That's a good argument. Um... How many songs are on the original? The original Guitar Hero. Yep. Uh, okay, no, I got it. I got it. I'm ready. All right. 48. 49. Damn it. Oh, boy. You guys are so close, but you're both over. The answer oh. was 47. What? What? The are you answer serious? is 47. So no one gets uh, points on that round. But wow. that was, like, very impressively close. Like, Dodge the bullet, I guess. props and kudos to you guys. Thanks. I thought about that for for a long time, that number. You just said one more. Than <laughs> All right. So the next one is, what year was the video game Pong released? Mm. 1962. Uh, okay, no. So you're gonna go, yes, you're gonna 1962. Go you're going to go first even though no, we made the No, role. no, no. 1973. I'm going with 1973. Well, which one is it? you got to pick one, man. It's 1973. Final answer. Okay. Yeah. Illegal. Okay, what do okay, we got? Yeah, I'm going to – I'm not going to go one over because I, I – in the spirit of the game, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Um, so I'm going to go with 1978. Oh my god. I know it's later. You guys <sighs> are both over again by one year, 1972. What? Oh man. Well, I mean, we're really good at this, man. Like, I've, I'm not mad, especially since I'm winning. I mean, it's impressive how close you guys are. It really is. All right. We know our stuff. I'm going to switch this over to movies now. Oh, my wheelhouse. You're screwed, man. Okay. What was the age? Of the ever-wise character Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, 803 is my guess. Tactic? I'm just going to go on even 800. 800 sounds right. 
All right. It's so it's <laughs> drum roll. It is nine hundred. So illegal wins this one. Yes. You should have gone plus one this time, man. Why didn't you go plus one? That's the that's the strategy. Yeah, you literally left yourself like two, two ages. I mean, I'll take it. All right. So right now we've got illegal with two points and tactic with none. Oh boy. We're moving on to our next question. Another movie-related question. How many films are in the James Bond series? Oh, 23. 24. 24. Final answer. Tactic? That one I'm going to go one up. 25. I'm... Oh my, this is killing me, guys. Aren't there 24? I know there, Bond 25 is soon. There are there 23? 23. God damn it. I knew I was close. God! This, is, this okay. is just like this is almost comical. You guys are like one away. My at dad all, at has least. the DVD box set because I know they're they're there already are, talking are, about Bond twenty five. I know it's twenty three. I mean, maybe we can Google this one. Yeah, when was this article posted? The Sporkle. It was relatively recently. Let's see how many James Bond movies. Oh, uh, there's totally twenty four. I I totally got this one. It says twenty six. Oh, there are actually twenty six. Okay. Okay, well, that... so my information was outdated. So I will give that one, I believe, how, what did you say? I said 25. Yeah, he said 25, so he gets it. Okay. So, it's my bad. <laughs> yeah, friggin' sporkle. Why, then why is the next one called Bond 25? That's what I want to know. So. Because the next one is due out in 2019, it's called Bond 25. Wow, it's garbage. Anyway, it's either, either way, I guess 25. Yeah, no, you're right no matter what. Well, no, it, you would be wrong because if if bond 25 is actually the 25th one then, then there's 24 and that's why i guess 24 why couldn't you count bond 25 because it's not out yet what was the question how many bond movies were made or, or out? how many films are in the james bond series technically bond 25 is in the james bond series if you google it the, the answer is 26 all right that's it, it's yeah i don't want to get hung up on a semantic issue but uh go on all right so now I'll move over to television. Hmm. How many TV episodes feature the character Fraser Crane? Now, the tactic goes first because you got the last one right. Is that including in the show Frasier? Like how how many total television episodes <laughs> I have to in television feature the character? Oh, like Frasier episodes Crane. where he's in. Yes, whether it's Frasier. And if he's not in show? the episode, it doesn't don't, give him, don't give him any hints. He might not know the other show that, that he's from. That's a hint in and of itself. I, I know, there. I know. Okay. I'm just trying to count all the episodes, of course. I don't have a goddamn clue. I, I, I'm just going to say that right off the top. Two hundred and twelve. Way too high. Uh, I'm gonna say one hundred and fifty, even. All right, I gotta hand this one over to Tactic because there are four hundred and sixty-eight television what? episodes featuring <laughs> Frasier Crane. Oh my! And I, I said you were too high, and you had less than half of what it actually is. Well, I mean, All you right. think about it. There's Cheers. How long was Cheers on for? Apparently a billion episodes. And then Frasier itself was on for, man, it was close to a decade, I thought. I thought it was 10 years, so that's why I just did 10 yeah. years times. 
There were 11 seasons of Frasier. There's 275 episodes of Cheers, so... And there were 264 episodes of Frasier. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. All right. Uh, so it's 2-2 two to two now, right? Yep. All tied up. How many questions are left? This is exciting. Okay, we have five... No, six more questions left. Okay, I okay, might have sweet. had more than ten, but I'm just going to keep going because we've still got some time. All right. Please. So how many comics did Le- the character Lex Luthor appear in? This is a oh, comic God. book question. Good thing Tactic has to go first. Because, you know, it worked out so well for me last time basing my answer on his. 615. All right, how about Illegal? This, yeah, this time I'm, I'm definitely going to go higher than that. But I'm not going to do the one plus one because that's i don't like that I don't you're like a real that. cowboy yeah i'm a uh I, I have respect for the game don't hate the player hate the game i'm gonna say an even 800 all right so illegal will take this one because there were 1212 different comic book appearances with lex luther good gravy so you have to think about too each weekly entry for the comic is technically a comic book appearance. So we're used to, I mean, they still do have weekly comics that are released, but as people our age, I guess I'm more used to reading like the full volumes of comics put together. So like every week, if he was in the, a comic book, he that counts as an appearance. There mm. are a lot of them. So who took that one? Was that illegal? Uh, that was yes. me. So now we're neck and neck, three to two. That's not neck and neck. That's a, that's a longer neck versus <laughs> another neck. Three to two. All right, we're going to go into the realm of music. Amazing. How many number one singles did the rock legend Elvis Presley have? Number one singles. Number one singles. 22. How about you, Tactic? What do you say? Twenty-three. You guys are both over. The answer was eighteen. I was gonna guess eighteen oh. too. I was so close again. This game is. <laughs> this I'm, is hard. I'm enjoying it though, especially since I'm winning. I'm gonna stick in the realm of musical legends, and I'm gonna pivot mm. over to. The pop sensation, Britney Spears. Oh, it's Britney Bitch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How many platinum albums did Britney Spears have so far? So far, that's right, because she's still... She's still active. She's still out there. Uh, platinum album, that's not very many. I'm going to lowball this one, and I'm going to say four. All right, Tactic, what do you say? I'm going to go with eight. All right, so the correct answer here is she had six platinum albums. Yes! Yes! So, we, were so, we were both equally close. The whole Price is Right rules is nonsense. <laughs> you're just mad because you're losing. So right now, it's four to two. I only have, let's see, I have three questions left on I, my list. I can still come back and win it. It's still so, possible. Illegal, if you win this next one, you basically take all of the marbles. Is it a thing? I love, I love Yes. So, I'm going to give Tectic an opportunity to pick the next category. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah, so go ahead. We have a comic book category. We have a television category. And we have a science category. Science. All right. Oh, oh huge mistake. We're going to go with science. <laughs> How many patents are held by Thomas Edison? Oh, yeah, that's right. I have to go first. Uh, it's a lot. I know that. 299. All right. What do you think in tactic? Don't blow this one. 215. You guys are both wildly under. I see. I, okay. That, yeah, I won. That means I won. What was it, though? 2,332 wow. patents worldwide. That's like one a day. 1,093 I mean, of those were in the United States. Were any of them good? I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, light, the light bulb. Only one out of 2,000 worked out. Yeah, you throw enough well. shit at the wall. Yeah, right. Something's going to stick. Um, but do we have time to do the, the last two just for fun, even though I already uh, demonstrated my superior intellect? We can run through the last couple. Okay. Yeah. So how many Charlie Brown TV specials are there? Oh, there's there's a... Uh, 37. No, there's way too high. There's 12. There is actually 45. What? You should have gone the with heck? the television tactic. You should have gone with the television. Give me that point anyway so I don't lose as bad. Okay. Yeah. Don't look you at can this. have that point. Don't I mean, I was I was even close. I said twelve. What is moron? All right. So my final one is: What is the year of the first comic book appearance of the great detective Batman? Batman, nineteen twenty. Uh, no, that's way too early. So now I have to try and go later without going over. Man, this is this is scary. I'm gonna go with nineteen forty six. Tactic actually takes this one too. It was 1939. Oh, Good man. point. Good point. All right, so I did still win, but not by very much. Is is the moral of the story? So it ended up being four to five at the end of the day. Yeah. Wow. I just barely, you might even say it was neck and neck. Yep. Um, but with a longer neck. I had the longer neck, as I often do. So uh, there you have it. I will be hosting the next game. Which means I have to come up with another game, which I'll probably spend the next few weeks doing. So, in the meantime, y'all keep it real. And uh, as always, thank you for listening. You're and beautiful people. You're all gorgeous, red hots. Uh, and we'll, we'll we'll talk at you in a couple of weeks. Thanks again for listening. Adios.